This past spring semester, the youth have been studying the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. Let me see if I can do this real quick. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I got the song playing through my head every time that I say those words now. One of the biggest challenges uh, was actually at the very beginning before we even studied the first fruit. And it was on the concept of how we bear the fruits of the Spirit. It was a formula. It was a math problem, basically. There are two factors here, all right? Us plus the work of the Holy Spirit within us that equal or produce the results, all right? Or in this case, bears the fruit. It's a simple math problem. But there was one fruit that kind of stuck with me, and especially after reading Matthew 25, it it really just kind of jumped at me here a little bit. It's the fruit of faithfulness. And so today, I want us to focus on a unique aspect of faith that will help us to keep our faith. Now, if you looked at the sermon title, I'm saying, don't keep the faith. And you're probably thinking two different things right now. You're probably thinking, David Lee's lost it, or he's just doing a really bad job at reverse psychology. Or maybe you're thinking, ah, okay, I see where you're going with this. The whole, like, I give my life to gain my life thing. We'll see. All right, first what I want you to do is I want you to think about the word faithfulness. What words are associated with faithfulness? What words help us to describe what it means to be faithful? Some of those words you might be thinking of could be loyalty or trust, belief, devotion, or commitment. Those words that we associate of what it means to be faithful. All right, well, I want to add one more word to your repertoire for uh, being faithful. Faithful. All right, ready? Here's the word. Multiplication. All right. Now, let me just say I'm not a math person. All right. I don't particularly love math, but as you can see, we're kind of going with a little math formula theme here. So multiplication. Keep that in your heads. Follow along here a little bit. So we have this parable that Jesus is telling about the kingdom of heaven. All right. Quick breakdown. The master is bringing three servants in. He's giving him his wealth and possessions to take care of and manage. And then he goes off on a trip. The first servant... All right, he was given, depending upon the translation that you're reading from, he's given five bags of gold or bags of silver or five talents. And then that servant goes out, he doubles it, so now he's got ten. Second servant, he's given two bags of gold or silver or two talents, goes out, doubles it, he now has four. Third servant, he's given one bag or one talent, and he immediately takes it and goes and hides it. So he hasn't lost anything, all right? And you may be thinking, okay, well, he's just got one. That's really not much to work with compared to the other two. But if we remember that back in those times, one talent is worth about 20 years of a day laborer's wages. So all of those servants are working with a good chunk of change here. The other thing to note is that when the master divvies up the amounts, he does it based on the ability of each servant. So based off of the work that they have done before for him, That's how he knows how much to split up what he has. So then the master returns and he settles accounts with them there. First servant comes up, says, look, master, uh, I was given five and I've uh, doubled that. And so here's 10. And now listen to the master's reply. Here it goes. Master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So what did that servant do? He multiplied what was given to him, and he was called good and faithful. 
And the master says the exact same thing to the second servant, even though the second servant had less than half of what the first one had. So it's not about the amount that the servants brought in, but the fact that they multiplied what had been given to them. Okay, so first thing I want you all to just note in your heads, multiplication is an essential factor to produce faithfulness. Now, let me be honest from the get-go here. I used to never like this parable, all right? And that's because it talked about money and business, and then those actions of the first two servants just seem unimaginably impossible for what I was capable of. I mean, if I think about it, when it comes to money and business, it's like I'm not savvy in that realm. Uh, I mean, even though when going to college I majored in business management, it's not because I was good at it. I just knew that it was important and I needed to try and understand it. But when it comes to that realm, it it's just doesn't make sense to me sometimes, where people can go and invest their money in a business and just make more money happen. I mean, that's basically magic to me, all right? And that's why people don't put me in charge of their money. The other thing is, though, that, okay, I get it. You can go invest your money, and you can get a little bit of interest return on it. Fine, I get that. But these two servants, the first two servants, they doubled the amount that they were given. That just seems impossible to me. But Jesus wants us to pause and think on two important parts with this here. First is that don't limit this understanding of what Jesus is talking about to just money. That's why I like the translations with the word talents because it makes me think of more than just money, but talents as in gifts and skills and interests and personalities that God gave us to do the work that he has set out for us to do. So what is your talent? Like Bobby said in the children's moment, what are the gifts that you've been given? Because God wants us to use who we are and what we have to do more for his kingdom. And here's the other thing to note. We do the work, but we don't do all the work. We are one of two factors of this equation to produce the fruit of faithfulness. We are one factor, and the Holy Spirit is that second factor of what God is doing in our lives to produce the fruit. Remember, to get the results. Now, as the church, we profess that alone we can do nothing, right? But with God... Through Christ and through the work of the Holy Spirit, we can do more. And that is how we multiply. So, don't keep the faith by yourself, but let the, let the Spirit multiply it in you. Now, let's talk about that third servant for a second. Because, I, you know, I try to put myself in his shoes, try to think like he's doing, and I guess I can maybe sort of see it a little bit. See, here's the thing. Um, in my life... I like to do some work, but whenever I reach a certain level where it's like, this is good, I like what's going on, I want to maintain this level, okay? Uh, it's good, things are going forward, great, all right? So I kind of feel like the third servant is maybe thinking along those lines, he's just maintaining a little bit. I mean, because if I'm, if I'm thinking like him, I don't want to blow this chance of what the boss gave me, and it's only one compared to what the other servants had. And I don't think I can work like those other two superhuman servants, right? But I feel confident enough that I can maintain what I've been given, right? Okay, sounds like a good plan, especially for what's going on right now in all of our lives with uh, everything that's being chaotic and irregular. If we can just maintain what is essential to us, we can get through, all right? And let me say, maintenance is a good thing. 
but we might be thinking about it a little off. We might be overlooking something here. And so the example I thought of uh, is to think about this. Second thing for you all to think about, maintenance does not mean you're finished, all right? Cup of coffee in the morning, but not just any cup of coffee. I want my perfect cup of coffee in the morning. And I've got to do some work to maintain my perfect cup of coffee. And for in my home, it's become a bit of a ritual because it doesn't start in the morning there with the coffee. It starts the night before when I may make sure that I've got the coffee pot cleaned out, but I also actually clean the whole entire coffee machine. Like I want to make sure that it's up, it's rinsed out and it's wiped clean because I can't stand like the little extra water droplets like that could be sitting in it for the night because then it gets on your dry, you know, uh, coffee and that just ruins the whole taste for it. So I've cleaned everything, dried everything. I got my cup for the next morning. Many people see me with my cup. That's my cup that I need to drink coffee out of. And it is disassembled, you know, cleaning every nook and cranny because I can't stand the little buildup that gets on the lid and everything. So that's all set, cleaned, nice and sparkly. And then it's all set. You put the water in, but not any water. You got to get the good filtered water as well. Pour that in. And then depending upon how much water you poured in the reservoir, you got to get a certain ratio of coffee to that water set. Timer's locked in place and you're good for the night. When you come in the morning, there's this wonderful aroma and my cup is right there, my coffee's right there, pour it, put a little uh, milk and honey in mine, and there it is. My daily, what I'm used to, perfect cup of coffee. But to maintain that, man, that takes a lot of work, okay? And I know it's a little bit crazy just with coffee, but think about maybe about your gardens, your lawns, your automobiles, your house, your relationships. Just to maintain those things that are important in our lives that takes work. And that's the difference here with what the third servant had done. The third servant, he just hid his talent. He immediately hid it, and then he left it alone. Didn't do any work for it. He did not do what the master expected him to do. All right? That's not true maintenance. And if you want to maintain something important to you, like your faith, it requires time, work, and effort. So think about it this way. Maintaining our faith is still growing our faith. And if we're not growing in our faith, then we're in a state of atrophy. So don't keep your faith as it is, or it will not maintain. Third thing I want y'all to think about. Give God what rightfully belongs to God. See, with all the work that we put into things, we're often tempted to keep the results, or keep the credit, at least, for this work that we put in. And the first two servants, they could have skimmed, from their talents to benefit themselves, but that's taking what isn't theirs, it's being dishonest, and they would not have been called good and faithful servants. Or, you know, maybe they could have used their success to boast and brag to their fellow employees, or maybe even better their position by telling their master that they deserved a promotion or a raise, but they didn't do that. They were called faithful because they had done the master's work with what the master had given them, and so they returned what belonged to the master. Now we as a church profess through scripture that everything is a gift from God. All that we have comes from God. And we are to offer that back to the Lord. So that includes our lives, our time, our effort, our finances, even our loved ones as well to be able to offer that up to God. But not only is that what we are supposed to do, it is because God is waiting and ready that as soon as you give those things, He's ready to give you more, more of his promises. 
So here's the thing to think about. Remember what the master said to both the first and the second servant. He replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. A few things here being 40 to 100 years worth of wages. Just a few things. And he says, I will put you in charge of many things. And then come and share your master's happiness. So don't keep your faith to yourself or you're going to miss out on the promises that God has for you. Now, with all this going on in the world right now, amidst all the suffering, the hardships, and the economic impact of the coronavirus, it's, it's affirming and it's reassuring that we have also seen faithful fruit blooming amidst the chaos of God's servants taking their talents and multiplying them for the work of God's kingdom, which brings peace, hope, healing, and redemption and love to this world that is hurting right now. And let's be honest with ourselves. Being faithful doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. All right, It's not going to be perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to stumble. But remember the one that we follow. And the one that we follow is faithful. So, my fellow servants, we need to keep busy with the Master's work. So let's produce the fruit of faithfulness by multiplication. And don't keep the faith by yourself, but let the Spirit multiply it in you. And that faith is going to need some maintenance, and that requires some work. So don't keep your faith as it is, or it will not maintain. Give God what rightfully belongs to God. Don't keep your faith for yourself, or you will miss out on the promises of God. I'm going to finish with an Old Testament scripture. But in light of today's message, it's going to take on a completely different meaning. And you might chuckle with it a bit, but that's the point. It's going to stick in your head for a little bit. But that's how I'm going to finish. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says this. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Amen.